Abstract Gamer, Episode 5. In this episode, I discuss game systems, including the Ice House and Peace Pack game systems, and Alien City. Also, stay tuned for a contest. Hello, my name is Joe Peterson, and I am the Abstract Gamer. Today, I'm going to take a break from the GIF series and talk about game systems. This is a big topic, and I might have to split this up into multiple shows. I'm also going to introduce a contest. I don't plan to have many contests unless I start getting donations, but I did wind up accidentally buying an extra game system that I thought would make a good prize for this episode. I'll discuss two game systems in some detail today, the Ice House game system and the Peace Pack game system. I'll review a game, Alien City. Then I'll finish up the show with a little explanation of why I've been gone so long and tell you a little bit about the contest, but then I don't intend to take very long in that last section. Today I'm going to start out with a little essay on game systems, so let me start with a brief definition. I think Ron Hale Evans has a definition that is very good. A game system is a set of components that function together in multiple games. That doesn't really shut the door on many groups of game components, but I think it's fine. I mean, one could reasonably argue that a set of chessmen and a chessboard is a game system. But I'm going to stick to game systems that are intended to be game systems, for now anyway. The most common game system is a deck of standard playing cards. A deck of cards can be used to play hundreds of games, from bridge and poker to war and slapjack. I didn't know it at the time, but I think it was this game systemness of playing cards that drew me to them when I was growing up. They are portable and versatile. I really like to play card games. When growing up, we played a lot of Pinochle, mostly single deck, and Pitch, 6 point, 10 point, you name it. I played Sheep's Head and Euchre often as well. I read Dad's copy of Hoyle's Book of Rules repeatedly. I was just fascinated with all of the card games that were out there. You know, I look back now and I realize that I knew so little about how many card games there really are. I knew probably a hundred or more games, but I still only knew a fraction of the games that are out there. In college, I really got into Spades, Hearts, and Double Deck Pinochle. It's this endless variety that makes me love game systems so much. I love the variety. Game systems do leave me torn. On the one hand, I want to play lots of new games. And on the other, I want to delve deep into some excellent games that are out there. I like the balance I've struck so far, but I can easily see myself falling into the trap of only playing the new games and leaving some great games unplayed. One complaint I've heard about game systems is that the games are often mediocre. And that's a hard thing to dispute. The openness of game systems lead many people to try to invent games for them. And I think this is a wonderful thing. Most of the times, the games don't get past the 90% mark. They are playtested some and then left as complete. But sometimes the games are just right, and sometimes that playtesting phase is indeed taking that one step further that the game needs to make it really shine. And that one game alone will often make owning this game system worth it. I personally like game systems a lot, and I'm really looking forward to a new set of components that should be coming out later this year called Stonehenge. It looks like it will have games by some really well-known designers, including Richard Garfield, Richard Borg, James Ernest, Bruno Fiduti, and Mike Selinker, and eventually, Andy Looney. Andrew Looney is a creative mind behind the Ice House game system, which I'm going to talk about now. The Ice House game system consists of stackable pyramids that come in three different sizes, small, medium, and large. They are named after a game of the same name. They were originally sold in single-color stashes, consisting of five each in small, medium, and large. 
The pyramids now come in 11 colors, as of this recording anyway. For the game Ice House, each player would use one of these stashes. The pieces were so cool and versatile that people started making other games for them. A basic set, if you will, consists of 60 pyramids, 15 each in red, blue, green, and yellow. Each color has 5 each in small, medium, and large, that is, one stash in each of those colors. Recently, Looney Labs changed how they sell Ice House. Now they sell them in tree houses. These consist of one tree, or one piece in each of the three sizes, in five different colors. Treehouse is a game on its own, so it gives you a low-cost entry point into the system. It comes with a special die that is starting to be used in other games as well. This system just continues to grow. I realize now I haven't told you how large these pyramids are. The large pyramids are one and three quarters inch tall and one inch wide, and then the medium will fit right inside that and the small inside of that, so they get a little bit smaller. So they aren't too big, they're nice and portable. Now, I debate, debated about talking about what a complete Ice House game system is, but, you know, I don't know that there is such a thing. Ice House pieces fit well with other gaming components, and they make great extensions to other game systems. The game I'm going to review today is made from one of these extended game systems using part of a piece pack set, which I'll describe soon. But I digress. I guess in terms of a complete Ice House system, I would propose that such a set consists of the following. Uh, 11 colors of pyramids. That, that's for the completest. I think you can easily get away with 5 colors plus a set of volcano caps, which are 5 of the small gray pyramids. These are sold separately by Looney Labs. Treehouse die, which is really becoming part of the system. A chessboard bandana, which can easily, easily be replaced by any other chessboard, but the chessboard bandana has an advantage in that you can fold it up and make smaller boards quite easily including a volcano board, which is a 5x5 five five grid. I had debated whether or not this should be part of the system, but with a chessboard bandana, you don't really need another one. But if you do want one, a volcano board uh, can be drawn on a piece of paper, painted on a board, or just you can purchase a nice fancy one from Looney Labs. In addition to those, a set of glass beads in at least three different colors, usually white, black, and green. And, and so that would be a complete system as of this moment. But... The treehouse system does continue to grow. Looney Labs has fairly recently added Martian Coaster, which are square coasters in five different colors, and they have various squares on them and arrows, and it's starting to be used in more and more games. Now, there are hundreds of games designed for the Ice House, ranging from real stinkers to, you know, really excellent games. One of them, Zendo, gets a 9 out of 10 for me on BoardGameGeek, and two of them get 8s, Homeworlds and Volcano. So... Sure, when you buy Ice House, you get hundreds of mediocre games, and I understand that complaint. But you also get a handful of really spectacular games that make this whole system worthwhile. The second game system I'm going to talk about is the Peace Pack game system. The Peace Pack game system was created by James Kyle and consists of 24 square tiles, 24 round coins, 4 dice, and 4 pawns. It's clear that the Peace Pack was influenced by a deck of cards because it's split into suits and ranks. The suits are arms, which are symbolized by a fleur-de-lis, crowns, moons, and suns. The ranks are null, ace, two, three, four, and five. The ace shows a suit icon and often represents one, but not always. So each suit will consist of one pawn, one die with each face showing one of the ranks, null, ace, two, three, four, or five, six coins with the obverse side showing the rank and the reverse side showing the suit. 
So from the numbered side, the rank side, you cannot tell which suit it is, and from the suit side, you cannot tell which number it is. And finally, the six tiles. One side showing the rank and suit, and the other side divided into four squares. These are sold by a few vendors, and you can find them listed on the peacepack.org site, which I'll link in the show notes. The new hot sensation, however, is Blue Panther LLC. They are producing laser-etched wooden pieces that really look nice. The symbols are easy to read, and the wood feels really nice to the touch. I've enjoyed playing with my new set. They are also selling travel sets. And if you're interested, I will tell you how you can win a set from me in the news and notes sections. So the standard sizes for these pieces are 2 inches for the square tiles, 3 quarters of an inch round coins, and half inch cube dice. The dice for the Blue Panther set are significantly larger, which is usually a good thing because it makes it easier to read the symbols. But it's bad for any of the games that require the dice to be a particular size. For the Blue Panther travel set, the tiles are one and a quarter inches square, and the rest of the pieces are to scale, except for the dice, which are the same size as full-sized version. The concept behind the piece pack is that it's a board game system. So, like a deck of cards, except it's for building board games. And this was a, a really novel concept to me, anyway, and I, and I thought it was a great idea. In the past, I've heard about construction chess sets so that you can play all the nice chess variants. Usually it involves cutting up a chessboard into into smaller segments so that you can build up a board of any size. And I've done that. The uh, Peace Pack system is, is similar, except it, it gives you a few more components to play around with so you can have a little more diversity in your games. Now, in terms of the games available, there are over 100 listed on the Peace Pack wiki. Not quite as many as there are for Ice House yet, but that is growing at a steady pace. Um, I haven't found the one or two Peace Pack gems yet, but I know they're out there. The closest to a pure Peace Pack game that has captured my interest is more of a party game than an abstract strategy game, and it's called Peace Pack Letterbox. It does require that you have six suits to play, as well as some paper and pencil, but it's close enough to a pure Peace Pack for me. There are a lot of extended Peace Pack games that I think are really good. So, in terms of a complete Peace Pack system, I would say the Peace Pack alone is well-contained, and there are several expansions that have been made. You know, there's even some templates for you to make some cardstock pyramids, but really those are very rarely used. Peace Pack is quite often combined with an Ice House set, though. These two game systems go together very well. And if you have a Peace Pack and an Ice House set, you can play Alien City. Several years ago, I was playing in an anti-league of Magic the Gathering, and I had an epiphany. During one game, I tapped my stone giant to give my royal assassin flying in response to my opponent casting Earthquake. Now, after the game, there was a lot of discussion about this play, and my epiphany came when a spectator was describing the situation. He said, The stone giant noticed an earthquake was imminent, so he grabbed his buddy, the royal assassin, and threw him into the air. He survived the earthquake, and as he came down, he landed on the diabolic machine and killed it. But the trauma from the fall was too much, and he died anyway. I realized then that I tend to abstract even heavily themed games. Lately, I've thought back on that, 
and I've been trying to immerse myself into the theme of these games that I play. So, in Alien City, you are competing against your opponent to be the best builder of uh, the Alien City. Yeah, okay. So, the game is pretty abstract, and even when I'm trying to focus on the theme, I can't get myself to think of this game as themed. So if you need a strong theme, you might find it difficult to get into this game. And honestly, you probably aren't even listening to me anyway. If you like deep abstract games, then, then keep listening to find out about a nice brain burner. Otherwise, just go and skip to the news and notes section. Alien City is a two-player abstract strategy game by Michael Shosho. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that name even remotely correct, so Michael, if you're listening, feel free to call me up and correct me. Um... It's played using a peace pack and part of an ice house set. This game alone will make the purchase of a peace pack or spending the time to make your own worthwhile. It's already worthwhile to have an ice house set so that you can play Zendo and Homeworlds and Volcano and Martian Chess and uh, all these other pretty good games that are out there. The rules for Alien City are a little complex at first, but it really doesn't take all that long to pick up the game. So, to make up the game board, you randomly lay out the peace pack tiles, suit side up. Each player is then given three coins of each suit and seven large ice house pyramids, two in three of the colors and three in the fourth color, and then three small pyramids in a single color. During your turn, you may build a dome, which is placing a coin on a board, or build a tower, which is placing a large pyramid on the board. Now, I'm not going to go into the details of how you place them. However, it's important to know that you must ensure that the road network, that is the spaces without towers or domes, is never split into two. If you want to learn how to play this game, I would recommend reading the rules and then playing a few games online. I am tempted to create a little video series on how to play Alien City, and I'm actually tempted to do this for other games as well, but I would need people to let me know that they are interested in such a series. So if you are, Send me an email at abstractgamer at gmail.com to let me know that, that you're interested in a learn-to-play video series and let me know what games you are interested in learning. If I know how to play them, I will probably put together a series if I get enough interest. So again, I digress. In addition to building each turn, you may also claim control of a tower by placing your small pyramid on an unclaimed tower. It doesn't matter if you place the tower or the opponent did, as long as it's unclaimed. However, it's important to remember, you can only claim three towers in the entire game. At the end of the game, each tower you claim scores points based on how close it is to the next closest tower of the same color, and how many structures of different colors are within two steps of it. For more details, you'll have to read the rules or convince me to do a how-to-play video series. During the game, you need to make difficult decisions where you will build structures, will you prevent your opponent from having any good placements, or is it better to build and claim a tower that you think you can defend, or should you try to reduce the points of your opponent's claim towers? And, of course, if you're lucky, you can accomplish two of these at once. Okay, perhaps I shouldn't say lucky, since this is a game of pure skill, but you get the point. I recall a quote I've heard about checkers, which I've most likely used before. Um, what it says is, in chess, every three or four moves, you get a crucial move. In checkers, every move is a crucial move. That is, checkers is very unforgiving to mistakes. Between skilled players, any mistake will cause you to lose. I still don't know what to call this concept, but I think Alien City starts out with the ability to make random moves and still recover. But 
After that first half dozen moves or so, once the road network starts to form, any mistake at that point is likely to cause you the game if you are playing against an equally skilled player. Now, there's pretty much no body of knowledge that exists for the game, and personally I like that because it means I can find opponents of comparable skill. Uh, speaking of which, if you are playing someone who is not of comparable skill, I haven't figured out how to handicap this game yet. You know, perhaps the best system would be to give points to the weaker player, but how many is the question I would have. If you figure out a good handicap system for it, please let me know. This is not a commercially produced game. You will have to provide your own components, of course, and that's kind of the point behind the game systems. If you have a nice piece pack and a nice ice house set, then, well, the components are awesome. If you need to make your own piece pack and your own little components to treat as pyramids, then, well, it's probably not so good. You can print out the full rules on the piece pack wiki, and I will link that in the show notes. So, as for my recommendation, Alien City is a real brain burner, and it's definitely a little bit mathy. If you aren't up to counting and multiplying or you don't like it, then run from this game. If you enjoy this min-maxing, then you'll probably enjoy this game a lot. One way to help reduce the amount of math needed to play is to play it online, and this definitely plays very well online. I used to say it it played almost as well as across the board, but I'm starting to lean towards it plays better online than across the board. And you can play this game online at superdupergames.org, which is a great place for many of these games that I talk about. I don't believe there are any other sites where you can play this online. Now, I said I'd start talking about strategy of some of these games. Um, Given my recent record at this game, following any of my advice could be dangerous. Since I've been stinking it up lately, I'll probably sound a little wishy-washy, and you are warned to follow these strategies at your peril. But here are some tips that I've found. Play domes first until the road network starts to take shape, and you can see where you can place a pyramid and claim it to make big points. When you see any place where you can claim a pyramid that will score 20 or more points without giving up that many points in return, I think you should generally do so. i found that 20 points is a good average to shoot for. You will need to use your pyramids both for defense and offense, so try to keep your options open. And try to keep one of each pyramid open until you find a spot you need for defense or offense. Keep your eyes open for spots that have four or more structures that will add to the multiplier. These tend to score big. Don't make mistakes. I know, yeah, that seems obvious, but some things to watch for are keep track of where you're not allowed to play. There are rules that will keep you from breaking up the road network so it doesn't touch every dome and tower, and it's easy to miss those. I've allowed a space to remain unclaimed because I thought I could shut it down, only to find that the space I needed to play was not legal. So those are the strategy tips that came to mind. If you have any other tips, feel free to leave them in the comments at www.abstractgamer.com. And now on to current events. Alright, so the first thing in the current events is going to be the contest. Here's the deal. I wound up getting an extra travel piece pack from Blue Panther LLC, and I'm going to give it to one lucky winner. It has eight suits, the standard set plus the season's expansion. So this is a $50 value, and it will be free for one lucky winner. Here's what you need to do to enter the contest. You will get one entry for any feedback you give to me on the podcast. I'm especially interested if you can point me to any websites that you know about where you can play abstract strategy games, either real-time or play-by-web or play-by-email. You will get one extra entry for sending me an idea for my essay section of the podcast. 
I have lots of games to review, but, but you can feel free to send me comments on any games you really want to hear about, too. And you can get one extra entry, so this will be the third, for sending me ideas on how to structure the strategy section. I'm really starting to feel like most of the tips I've come up with are pretty trite, which is part of the reason I'm taking a break from the gift series, because the strategy section is just really hard for me to come up with. I, I feel like I understand the strategies fairly well, and I do well in the games. It's just how to express these that I'm having tr trouble with. So any real strategy ideas you have for the upcoming episodes, that's helpful too. I'll try to keep a list of what topics we're coming up on future episodes, so I'll be soliciting strategy tips from you users. All right, so that's three. So that's three possible entries you can get. I will let you know when the drawing will occur in the next episode. If you have no interest in the prize, I'd still love to get feedback. Just let me know you don't want the prize. Or, if you want, you can enter the contest and have have me set the peace pack free in your name. I'll give more information on this in the next podcast. I, I want to keep this section a little short. I'm running low on time. Okay, finally, why has it been so long between the last podcast and this one? Uh, well, if you check out my mission, you'll see that I do state that I won't let this podcast interfere with my meat life. And, well, I had a lot happening to me in my meat life over the last several months. Starting with an injury that had me away from the keyboard for a while... And then I had a dog of mine get ill and eventually died. And that was six difficult weeks, I tell you. I had to carry my 100-pound dog out to go to the bathroom. It was it was rough. Then uh, we had a windstorm that knocked a tree down onto my car and damaged my fence. It was a big old mess. It was over a month before I got my car back. Uh, there's more, but I'm not going to keep going with this. It isn't supposed to be a personal blog, but if you are really interested, feel free to drop me an email. But I'll just state now that it, it looks like things are settling down for now. In June, we will have a new baby in the picture, so things might get a little bit more tight for time then, but I'll also be taking a sabbatical from work, so it might have no impact. Anyway, please accept my apologies, and I will talk to you later. Thanks for listening. Funky Rap and Whimsy Groove by Kevin McLeod License under Creative Commons Attribution 2.0 HTTP colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 2.0 This information and more can be found at www.abstractgamer.com